0: This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop it and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln you're listening to the john DePetro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm well the primary is fast approaching as a matter of fact when we look at the calendar and this is so important and this is in fact um the special election now to replace congressman david cicilline so with today being all right so this is the week of the 14th so you have all of this week for the campaign the next two weeks are going to be finally some televised debates but the early voting and the mail ballots go out this week and that will start and then the election so this is the final three weeks of the campaign and then people will go to the polls um well the 22nd is one week the 29th two weeks and then people are voting three weeks on september 5th so now it's the democrat primary right now unless something changes the two frontrunners remain lieutenant governor sabina matos and Representative, oh uh, no, excuse me, not a representative any longer. But Aaron Regenberg, he's the one extreme progressive, actually far more left liberal progressive than even Matos is, who is. But he got the endorsement from Bernie Sanders. He has the Jane Fonda endorsement for whatever that's worth. Um, he is a big defund the police guy. He is uh, also the individual he lost to governor mckee by 1500 votes in 2018 as far as that democrat primary think about that 1500 votes governor mckee beat helena folks by 3000 mail ballots reaganberg lost to mckee by 1500 votes 100 percent was almost the next lieutenant governor so but that tells me he has you know real organization to run a campaign for lieutenant governor against a sitting incumbent lieutenant governor dean mckee was the lieutenant governor 2014 2018 when he was running for re-election challenged him in the primary so there's obviously no love there at all mckee despises him but to fall that close 1500 votes in a democrat primary i mean that that shows me a lot. And that was the entire state that he was running lieutenant governor. This is just CD1. So I believe he's the front runner unless something drastically changes. I don't see anyone beating the guy. He knows how to get the votes. I would never vote for him. I don't support any of his issues. This, him winning, is going to be the equivalent of Rhode Island sending a socialist. Uh, a communist really took to washington he does not believe in just the democrat principles he is even a little farther left than bernie sanders if that's possible but he i would see him Regenberg. he was active he knows the issues he was very active summer 2020 with all the defund the police crowd um He lives it, breathes it. I saw him organize the rally to go um, against the Supreme Court justices, and he brought protesters outside the offices of Senator Sheldon Whitehouse and also Senator Jack Reed, as much as he tries to downplay it now. So I, as someone that follows this, he knows how to campaign. He knows how to run a campaign. He is a means He's educated. Um, what he almost pulled off in 2018, think about that. I mean, that was six years ago now, almost uh, five years ago. But you're that much farther along. You'll learn a lot by losing a race like that. I, I think he's going to be very, very difficult. Um, he's very popular on the east side. This is someone again if you're the type he rides his bike everywhere he lives it breathes it but more importantly he he knows about campaigning he knows that's a pretty successful campaign to run for lieutenant governor and come up 1500 votes short against an incumbent that's that's that that that's pretty it is i hate to say it but it is that's a pretty impressive um so i can see why they fear him now he is not on anybody's list and he would not be voting in the interest of the people of the state in any way he would immediately be on board to be an attack dog um for all of the progressive causes he would immediately want to be a member of the squad and in progressive circles get himself national attention none of it would help people who work none of it would benefit the people of Rhode Island but this type of election a special election where you don't need that many votes to win I think he's a tough one to disregard so as a matter of fact until I see something differently I don't see anyone knocking him out Um, and in the general election it's still too much they don't know what they don't know it's too much novelty for the general election candidate whoever might emerge they just don't seem to have the type of experience that would be necessary to win a race uh, like this again i'd love to be surprised but folks try to deal in reality the um the signature scandal has really hurt sabina matos and as as it should right i mean she's lieutenant governor she shouldn't even be in this race as a matter of fact so we have a lot more ahead you're listening to the john dipetro show remember to follow the john dipetro show on youtube it's John DePetro Show on YouTube. Subscribe, which means you get notified whenever we post new videos. You find original content. Video you can't find anywhere else. Subscribe today. It's free. It's the YouTube channel of the John DePietro Show. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center. All your medical needs, they're open seven days a week. Doctors and nurses, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road. comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility there's two locations one near you Johnston, right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich that's right across from felicia's when you need and i need urgent care you want at med urgent care again two locations 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnson and the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road East Greenwich, seven days a week, doctors and nurses at Med Urgent Care. Folks, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics This Week. Joining us, he's the managing editor at anchorizing.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off um so we, we will talk about aaron Regenberg, who's running for congress he's a democrat now this cd one race and he received the endorsement from uh hollywood actress Jean fonda who's also though really known not only as an activist but just some of her antics during uh the vietnam war so it's twofold i'd like to hear your thoughts on Aaron Regenberg receiving the endorsement from Jane Fonda, running a commercial with it, then late Friday, Republican Gary Leonard, he's the Republican endorsed, he held a three o'clock Friday press conference and he denounced the Fonda endorsement. Why don't we start off, though, with I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Aaron Ruggenberg securing this Jane Fonda nomination. Uh, excuse me, endorsement,
1: endorsement. Well, it's uh, it's a strange. You know, the, somebody must have connected to somebody to get this, and it's it's strange for him to think it helps him. I guess uh, she's female and progressive, and so maybe it does. Um, it's kind of for for the reasons I'm, I'm sure we'll get into with Gary Leonard's objection. I mean, she she's not she she's not well received among a lot of Americans and i mean it's just just recently within the last couple months she went on national television on a view and called for the murder of pro life activists so i mean this is not a not a nice person it's uh, she's an actress so she's famous but she's she's very vitriolic and kind of representative in my view of, of how how for the left their rules don't really apply it's all you know they'll talk about unity and comfort and and respecting other people but she doesn't and so for him to accept that nomination it's 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 lamentable it's not surprising because this is really kind of who progressives are at this point
0: well as far as him uh that part of it see i think my view is i think it's a good move because it reaffirms his base of again we're talking about a democrat primary now he already got the uh bernie sanders endorsement I think Regenberg is shoring up like I I view it, Justin, is that's exactly the type of person. If you're an older person, an older voter in Bernie Sanders and Jane Fonda are with fill in the blank, this Democrat in the primary, I I think it helps them. So I I don't know so much about a general, but this is in a uh, just trying to get out of the primary. And I think it's also kind of reflective of who he is as well so i i i would argue this the people that are upset about it um are not the ones that would be voting for him anyway so i think i don't think it dramatically helps him but i think it kind of like you know shores up his base with that you have voters in the 60s 70s kind of maybe you know they they were the anti-war protesters uh who would now be you know um uh the baby boom they they, there were people that that loved jane fonda so um now granted they were all the anti-war activists but to me that's like a direct pipeline almost the the person 65 to 75 maybe 80 who were against the war who are still like forever used to be a liberal uh, the Mondale voter, almost to me, the the people that thought Geraldine Ferraro was was great. So, I think in that regard, um, it, it it's not a bad thing. Only because the young people, I don't think it relates, but it does get him some press with the older ones. But now Gary Leonard, I, I'll give you my thought, Justin. Okay, um, he doesn't even mention Aaron Ruggenberg in his press release. I actually watched the video. They call a press conference, and I get it. So Gary Leonard, 30 years in the military, wants to jump on that. But he calls a press conference on 3 o'clock on a Friday. I, and I'm telling the, the listeners, that just reeks to me of amateur hour. You, what, you, why would you not do that until Monday or Tuesday to then try to get all the news of the week? But when he held the press briefing and talked about Jane Fonda and talked about his service, He then only took four questions. He actually got four reporters to go to this Friday afternoon at three o'clock. He got four reporters to go. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. But when they asked him on Matos, he really didn't have a prepared answer. He, he didn't even mention Aaron Bergenberg to me. It's, it's just kind of like dipping the toe in when he really, and he had one veteran with him. I think a little more planning and effort he could have had, you know, 50 people standing up there behind him and then now you've got you know you've got something so i um i mean i guess a for effort but i i just to me it reeks of the problem of people that have never done anything like this before and they throw it together and it i just thought it was like really my it was something more you do for like city council you're talking about a congressional seat but let me hear your thoughts on uh, the Republican press briefing on this and reaction.
1: Well, I I, I mostly agree. I mean, the there could have been more people there. There could have been more questions answered. <clears throat> but to me, the whole the whole exercise seemed like a, more of a, a missing a, a missing strategy. You know, this is it's something like I'm sure I'm sure he felt strongly about it and he wanted to go out and I want to get on the record condemning this I've, I've he's probably not like Jane fonda his entire life because of her activities uh, in right. support of the the enemy in, in vietnam um and that's completely understandable but to me it's just misplaced i mean a press conference is mainstream media uh this is your first one <clears throat> so what put aside the timing and how many people were there with him uh that seems like much better use to be to answer the other questions and or to to have a, right. a whole slate of here's here's the introduction of me. So yeah. right now the introduction of Gary Leonard is, uh, and remember he didn't invite um, invite press. He got some bad press for not inviting press to a previous Good event.
2: Point. Uh, so That's
1: right he yeah. so introducing himself to the mainstream media. Sh- this was not really to me the topic. Now where this could have been powerful if they had if they were. Deploying some kind of considered strategies on social media, because then it's you don't need that fifty people. You're you're talking to your base. You're trying to right. generate excitement. Maybe you get a little bit viral and you get some national attention for for Jane Fonda and endorsing uh, Regenberg, So I think it was kind of mis- just misplaced strategy.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and I think that speaks to you know that I'm not sure at this point there's anybody among Republicans in Rhode Island who really who really knows how to play this game. Um, yeah, and not to say that I'm necessarily an expert, but I'm just saying I just don't see that kind of PR and marketing understanding, let alone with a political edge. I mean, actually, Kayla's had some of it, but she brought in outside help. So, and she was, in some respects, outside help. But I think I think it speaks to that that l- lack of strategy acumen in the Republican Party in Rhode Island.
0: You know, that's a good point, um, Justin, and and. Something we didn't I don't think really talked about that much, and that's the, the more Mike, but when he made his announcement, he didn't actually invite the press in. I want people listening to understand the the what to me really decides it's it's the pressure on a campaign is to try to get you know the free media to get coverage. So people are seeing you on channel ten, channel twelve, what have you, and you're not having to pay for it because they cover you in a story. What really surprised me, you're exactly right. That could have been laid out. he should have been standing there saying who else has a question like i'll stay as long this thing could go 30 minutes if you guys want to keep asking me questions whatever to try to keep you know getting as much press as you possibly can and then as you're exactly right maybe laying it out maybe get some national attention but to to walk away after four questions he and even said you know good day gentlemen or something like that i mean it It almost seemed like a sergeant dismissing the platoon, like dismissed. And that was the end of it. And it's just it's just not going to work to me if that's the way it's going to be. He I don't I don't know him Um, again. okay, so he has military experience, but you and I both know. I mean, it's just a world of difference of running an effective campaign. You could have the best resume, but if you don't know how to translate that, and work the system to your advantage it's it's you're just going to come up short
1: so well even even at a kind of deep strategy level i mean it, dislike for so he came out and, and at best he said he dislikes jane fonda and right. maybe if if anybody who sees that who agrees with him is, is a democrat then maybe he helps one of the other democrats uh so it doesn't it doesn't seem like it really i mean it, it would have been. Pretty easy to craft a message saying uh, Jane Fonda did this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> Recently, said she wanted to murder pro-life people. Right? This is exactly what we don't need in Congress, which is why I am running. This is I still you, I still don't have any sense of what he's running to do, other than to not be a Democrat in from Rhode Good Island. And, and I think that's that's where he ha- that's what voters need to know. That I mean, Jane Fonda, yes. whatever. It's that's what I'm saying. This was more like a, a social media campaign done through right. a press conference and uh, that's very that's that's what's not gonna not gonna fly over the time
0: and justin you know you know where you're really right is what she said on the view that's even like worse and i think it kind of went under the radar for some people but you're exactly right there was really no reason for this he could have just put out a tweet instead of uh showing up like this but why not like really go after her and get involved that's a very very good point folks quick break much more ahead justin katz our segment politics this week right here on the john DePetro show aj drywall plaster home improvement call them today for a free quote you can also find them on facebook 401-323-9252 323 9252 AJ Drywall Plasters Home Improvement, Frame to Finish Basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic Ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions, also commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements call for a free quote what a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's aj drywall plaster and home improvements for your home or business our segment is politics this week with us is justin katz managing editor anchor rising.com justin representative patricia morgan has announced that she is also now uh running for senate against senator Whitehouse. apparently she can still run for her uh state representative seat but now she will face off in a primary against ray mckay so it'll be two republicans provided they all you know get on the ballot and do all the proper things but what do you make of now Patricia Morgan entering the race? There'll be a Republican primary and then the winner takes on Senator Sheldon Whitehouse.
1: Well, he, I'm you know, I'm, I like Patricia. so if there, you know, people, she wants to offer Republican voters a, a, an option in the primary. That's that's good, I guess. Uh, but I I just kind of wish there were if, to me, it's an indication that there aren't enough people running. I mean, it's just it's just the same people running for multiple races now. It just, that has a bad feel to me and I'm not sure, you know, I, I, for, for either of them, I really don't, I don't see them, making the case i mean i, I agree yeah. with them on every point they make about white house i just right. but i just don't see the uh, nobody's everybody seems to be running kind of standard campaigns which just aren't yeah. going to work especially these days so i think to, yeah. but to me the biggest takeaway is just there, there aren't enough republicans interested and so there are all these options on the table nobody's having discussions nobody and and i think that's also a problem of the the, the lack of prospects when when it when it's not likely anybody's going to win. Hey, why not? (laughs) I'll run for Senate. I'll run for rep. When, when there's, there's a a structure and a hierarchy and, and people have to work with each other, you, you get them, they'll, they'll make deals. You know, the Democrats do this all the time. Hey, cool your heels in this job, then you'll get this job and we'll get to this job. Um, or I've got a slight edge here. Come on, can we compromise? What issue can I work with you? Can I bring you on my campaign? Can I offer you a job when I'm in the Senate? You know, all that stuff becomes available when it's plausible, somebody will win. And just now we've gotten to the point where it's just not plausible. And so it, it's just, it just becomes kind of a, kind of a, a uh, I don't know, it's community service, but it's almost like in the fashion of a hobby more than more than a, a real serious uh, set of candidates running for offices they might actually win.
0: Yeah. And I I agree with that. And do you see any other scenario other than a 60 40 or 65 35 final vote tally? If anything, so, Senator Sheldon, the White House, I mean, again, I don't support him, I don't support his views, but he's he's really raised his profile with this going after the Supreme Court um he is you know frequently written about Wall Street journal can't stand him but at the same time someone like that they're the, the the supporters they have are very very strong for him so again I don't support him I would tend to vote for whether it's I voted for Bob Flanders I would vote for Patricia Morgan or Ray McKay but But Justin, on top of that, I I agree with you. I don't see them really coming up so far. It just seems like a basic plan of just I'm the other person running against him. So I, I think he would be very difficult to knock out.
1: I think so, too. And I mean, you, mean, you yeah. mentioned a media, but the local medium loves him. I mean, you, whenever right. he says anything about the Good Supreme point. Court, I mean, you see the Boston Globe. Oh, go Senator House, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's I mean, uh, I'm right there with Ray and Patricia in thinking somebody's got to unseat this guy. But I think you've got to looking at the, the playing field, you've got to back up a bit and say, what's really the problem? Why does he have support in Rhode Island? Why are people buying this blue blood uh divisive destructive stick he's putting on that's what needs to be attacked and and just having multiple republicans running against him doesn't doesn't make that case it just if anything it just kind of gives his his folks a little bit of uh, uh more motivation and, and maybe cause him to spend a little more of his his ample campaign funds to to make sure there's no no loose cannon possibility he's going to lose but right uh, I, I just don't see the rationale
0: yeah. And even I, I the Flanders campaign uh, was given a gift, which was that was when Senator Whitehouse had that famous, he was questioning Judge Kavanaugh. And the whole thing about, uh, you know, he didn't know how to play quarters and was quizzing him about the high school yearbook. And, and that exploded. That even made it Saturday Night Live. The problem was the Flanders campaign didn't know what they had. And they were running just such a traditional campaign i i didn't think it was a very good campaign that was the commercial that came out had the old lady calling him a doofus um you know many times what people don't understand is these people that are actually running the campaigns they've they've never done it it's all novelty it's all new to them uh so then for when they have a real opportunity which i thought the kavanaugh thing was because it really resonated and and that was national news the way judge kavanaugh was then. Like mocking um, Senator Whitehouse, but the Flanders people—they—they they weren't in a position to to do that. And then um, there's just other little things like with the campaign. Like I, I remember I saw Judge, and I like Judge Flanders, and I'm friendly with him. But I saw his commercial, and he was wearing a white shirt. And and then when you wear a white shirt in a commercial, he he looked like Dracula. He was so pale. And when I asked his campaign guy, like, why why didn't you put him in blue? Like, you don't wear white when you're going to film something like that. That's like one of the rules of television. And they said, well, that's the shirt he showed up wearing for the commercial. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, wow. Like no one thought to say, all right, we need to bring someone in. What should he be wearing in the commercial? Because he looked, he was like so whited out, but that easily could have been avoided if he had had on like a a blue shirt or a blue blazer. Just that I'm also just curious. uh, The Boston Globe, Dan McGowan wrote about Aaron Regenberg saying that he is this, Uh, Very divisive. You know, the progressives have been attacking him and he's been on the scene for quite some time. He certainly, you know, generates a lot of talk, but in many ways, it's it's there's even talk that could be an anybody but Aaron type of campaign at the very tail end. I'm just curious what you think of the, the Boston Globe expose on him.
1: I mean, first of all, the idea that there would be a successful anybody but Aaron campaign is is ludicrous. If he wins the primary, Democrats don't break; they they stick together. They're well, they, they they. I thought vote. it
0: going to be at before the end of the primary. Is what I, said. Well, I think maybe, that's maybe. what
1: they Maybe. saying. Uh, yeah. Like
0: okay. the last week, they just rally around like Matos.
1: Like any right, somebody's right. going to beat him. Is what I meant. Sure, but, but, yeah. sure, but that's but that's much less effective when. <laughs> when the people in the primary know whoever gets the nomination is going to get all the, sure. I mean, you, when you're, when you're running it, it, if I'm, if I'm in the campaign as a Democrat and I'm saying, well, everybody hates Regenberg, you ought to vote for me because he might not win a general. I mean, that's just not a plausible case. So it's really, right. it, I mean, Good it's point. not as powerful as it could be otherwise, but, but I don't know what, I, the thing that really struck me about, and it's a point we make, not only about Regenberg, but about others all the time it, is Dan McGowan just kind of, Oh, yeah, he had a job in you know doing politics and organizing. Well, no, that's not the point. I mean, that was really stuck out to me. I think our political class thinks that is work and it gives you perspective. It doesn't. And Regenberg has always been, uh, and the, the accusations are accurate, he's always been been just a political animal an activist living and not not like he has to make ends meet off his activism so he's it's it's like he gets to play this game as some of his progressives are saying uh, cosplaying as a as a social justice warrior uh and and that's really the those so those accusations are accurate that's not a job uh, doing that kind of stuff but what but overall, I mean, and I, I like Dan among all the Republican. I'm uh, no, sorry, of all, among all the journalists in Rhode Island, he's he's among the most even-handed and friendly with people who are yeah, you know I kind of ideological that. opposition. But he came up with Regenberg. I mean, Dan started with RI Future as a progressive. He supported the I'm sure he supported the Providence Student Union. I'm sure it was a great story for him to cover as a younger reporter. And so Regenberg's like the the kind of the the old familiar progressive uh, versus so what's striking though is, is the, and I guess, in some ways, encouraging is the kind of intersectionalist progressives who want to take it to the next level and say, "Well, now you've got to vote for people based on their skin color and, and sex." Uh, they're not getting as much traction as I think they probably thought they were going to get by attacking Regenberg. But the, you know, the, the accusations about him are, are entirely accurate. He's just a, a rich kid with an Ivy degree and uh, never had an actual real job. It was set up for life, and doesn't really—he's he's insulated from all the problems of, of actual, you know worker day Rhode islanders and I, th- I think that's that's a case that you know i shouldn't be kind of downplayed as well he's a, he's a nice guy who was effective in the general assembly uh, and so i i think that's uh that that I, that's the kind of the, the complaint i would have about dan's article
0: folks a quick break much more ahead politics this week justin katz managing editor anchorizing.com right here on the john dipetro show propane plus call them today heating and cooling in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com and then you type in your zip code residential or commercial propane plus heating and cooling always there for you give them a call today in rhode island 401-885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 the johnson family three generations heating and cooling you can always depend on propane plus remember to follow the john DePietro show on youtube it's john DePietro show on youtube subscribe which means you get notified whenever we post new videos you find original content video you can't find anywhere else subscribe today it's free it's the youtube channel of the john DePietro show our segment is politics this week. but this, is Justin Katz, energy editor at anchorrising Justin, we've heard about uh, Mike Stenhouse, Rhode Island Center for Freedom and Prosperity, and they're they're trying to do this crossover strategy, getting people to vote in the Democrat primary. So I'll I'll admit I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. Um, I don't know how in depth it is, but someone posted I sent it to you a flyer that came out that said that Alan Waters, who's running in that race, is the person that they're encouraging to vote in this crossover strategy. I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Is is that true? Is he the the designate? Like, could, can you shed some light on that? Is that who he, people are being encouraged to vote for?
1: Well, I, I have no information other than what's been oh. reported in, in the news. So I, I don't have any inside information. It is a little bit different. I mean, in the past, the... The center, I believe it was, or maybe a sister organization, a Gatsby Project, encouraged crossover voting, but that was more like to sabotage the Democrats. Because this is uh, assuming that that flyer was accurate. This is you know basically running a Republican in a Democrat primary, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm still not a fan of the idea. I mean, to me, right. it sounds like it. If anything, it's going to ramp up the opposition. I mean, the Democrat organizations are already. Not inviting Alan Waters to debates and that sort of thing under the pretense that he's not really a Democrat, and I, th- I think it probably motivates progressives. And meanwhile, you know, I, if, if neither of us knows if it's if the flyer is accurate, then that's an indication that yeah. the base the base they're trying to appeal to doesn't know what's going on. Um, and I generally, I think it's just a, in the long run, these kind of gimmicky campaigns they. They create this sense of I don't know I don't want to say deceitfulness, but it's kind of like uh, that's just the Republicans, the conservatives flailing around. They're not serious, and and that, that I worry that that's kind of getting written into the the local narrative.
0: For I, and what I mean is I I don't know who is the candidate that did design because then someone else put down or tweeted I thought that that representative Wood Sockets. Uh, Casey was the one that they were endorsing I don't understand this whole the crossover voting strategy the way that that I have been familiar with it is you actually encourage people to vote for the person who would be easier to beat in the general election not endorsing someone there now again admittedly I don't know that much I haven't seen the ads if they're just telling people to get involved. I don't know, based on this flyer, did did Alan Waters, did he just inject himself and mail this out to give people the impression that he's the candidate? But I think it's pretty telling that I'll put you and I in the 1% of people that follow this stuff, and neither one of us know who this crossover voting strategy candidate is. Do you, do you know offhand, are they telling people to vote for Alan Waters, or are they just telling to vote for someone other than to just like vote in this primary,
1: yeah, I I don't know. And up until okay. you know I, the crossover voting is usually as as you just said, you know, you, let's pick our pick an easy one to beat. That's why we're crossing yeah. over. This is this would be kind of different. I mean, it's it's almost like acknowledging that general elections do not matter. Which you know there, you get points for honesty on that because that's really more or less the case these days. Yeah. But it's still yeah, it's it's still pretty pretty. Uh, I, I think people are going to react negatively to the idea that we're just abandoning the general election and we're going to run Republicans in the Democrat primary and cross over. I think yeah. that, that's a, that's going to cause a backlash.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how effective it would be. I mean, the, the, the time that it, I thought it, it would work pretty effectively. And at the time Rush Limbaugh was alive, but he was encouraging Republicans if they could to cross over and vote, I think for Bernie Sanders against Hillary uh because then figuring because he would be a, an easier candidate to beat nationally but i don't know if this is true that mike standard rhode island center for freedom and prosperity are actually saying this is the candidate to support it doesn't bode well for the republican candidate um because of anything if i were doing the um crossover strategy the one that you would want would have been like a Matt Brown in the governor's race last year, because then he'd be easier, or even a Regenberg would be, vote for him, because then he's like so, but I'm I'm not sure about that. Justin Katz, we're also hearing that the development company, um, as far as involved with the Pawtucket Soccer Stadium, they're now claiming that they have enough uh, funding now to go ahead with it. And there's been some speculation that it's even that the unions are the ones that have stepped in and put up the uh mike mcdally said did they put up the 14.5 million in order to make this happen when you think about it from a business standpoint if they stand to they're going to get a contract to build a 150 million soccer stadium just from a business standpoint it would certainly make sense to put up the 14 billion to get this project in motion <laughs>
1: Um, I, just to some extent, although I, I don't know why they would hide it, you'd think, you know, they would want to get some sure. PR for that. And I, I, I also, I'm a little bit suspicious of that. I mean, recently, just I think it was last week, there was an article in the New York Post about a, a Teamsters leader who, who kind of made comments and put a, a trucking business out of business or helped didn't help. Uh, the trucking business stay in business and lost his members 30,000 jobs. So, I mean, I'm not, that's not, I'm not sure that's how the unions would, would orchestrate this. It is, I do find it kind of odd that they're not talking about who the money came from, um, or you'd think somebody would want some kind of, uh, to give a boost of morale to the project or, or what have you uh, but i mean more more than that they they're, they're saying they're fully capitalized with this money and again i i remain suspicious as i've been from the beginning The the economic circumstances change and what what was enough money last month may not be enough money next month when with inflation or who knows what the construction fines and cost overruns, uh, so. Uh, I, Whoever put in the money, hopefully for Tidewater's sake, they, they've got a, more in their resources or more people to bring in because I, I suspect just getting over the finish line for, for this particular phase is, is not going not gonna to do it.
0: Justin Katz, last Tuesday, it, it was chaos, downtown Providence. I was there. Uh, they apparently got a hoax call that someone was on top of the g- more garage with an AR-15 and had planted pipe bombs in the city. Uh, evacuated downtown, evacuated City Hall, SWAT called in. It was a big deal for about over two hours. And um, Sandra Cano, who's running for that CD1 seat, um, I'm just curious, I'd like to hear, you you reacted to a tweet she put out saying, boy, this is a reminder, we need good sense uh, gun legislation.
1: No, there's a shamelessness to that, right? I mean, everything, even even a hoax, it's like they... (laughs) You imagine they have some young staffer who's just sitting there scrolling through Twitter and has a list of issues they need to hit and whenever anything comes up, hit that, hit that. Uh, and it's it's just it creates this this kind of destructive panic uh, and I think gives people an irrational fear. And I, I think this is it's a kind of politics we, we really need to get beyond because it's it's unsettling people. Like, you know, there's some case to be made that a lot of the, the gun climate and all that, all this activism is, is contributing to a, a mental health crisis among young folks. I mean, that, that sort of thing, not not to say Kano's in, implicit in that, complicit in that, but uh, that I, there is a reason not to turn everything into a political talking point. And that's I think right. that's, and I we're seeing that on issue after issue. I mean, yeah. um, it, it, I mean to t- t- tie it to climate, you, we see fires in Canada and Hawaii. Uh, my understanding is satellite, Satellite records show that there are fewer fires across the globe than there were in the past. So, but yet the fear, everybody, oh, fa- everything could burst into flames instantaneously because of climate change. And I think Kano is not alone in doing in kind of fostering this fear mongering. But but it's it's really unhealthy, and I think people ought to people ought to start taking a breath and, and you know kind of pushing back when those those ridiculous statements are made.
0: Folks, our segment is politics this week with us. Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorrising.com. Justin, there was controversy in Woodsocket last week as they uh, installed some armrests on benches at a park there. And so Steve Alquist, who's now going off on his own formerly of uh, uprise, he went up and then he posted, I sat down on a bench and there was initially a press release even went out that said that they've created hostile furniture i think the way they described the armrest because it's it's uh, hostile towards the homeless but he put out in a public works off they threatened to arrest me if i touch one of the armrests and the thing that i picked up was when i watched the video the public works person said that people had already removed three of them because they 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 claimed that because of these armrests on the benches people homeless can't lay down on these benches at this park and one socket and as Alquist is there, the the guy doesn't know. He's he's looking at it. He's got equipment. It, he certainly looks like someone who maybe he was gonna take it out. So what he is saying is, hey, you can't you know, like you know, fiddle with that. Otherwise you you get arrested. You're you are you are not supposed to be doing that. I, I'm just I'd like to hear your thoughts on this so called controversy about the armrests on the benches against the homeless in Woodstock.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my first thought was behold the power of journalism. It, he, he, Alquish published the entire, the entire conversation. And it was, it was kind of comical for a second. I thought it was like a parody or, or yeah. something, but uh, I mean, they, they are, I mean, it looks to me like they're, they're designed as the activists complain to prevent people from lying down on a bench uh, and mainly that'll be homeless people sleeping. And, you know, not, I, I don't think he mentioned it in this article, but he certainly mentioned it before in January uh, as I understand somebody died sleeping on one of those benches overnight so it's it's really it's not i mean to call this preventing people from lying down in a position where they might die is not hostile and so it it shows me that these these activists are just they're just completely out of out of touch and and never mind other people's enjoyment of the park Uh, just just this week and again the new york post uh Beggar stabbed somebody in the in the subway area after they got into a, an altercation. I mean, not to say all homeless people are are going to stab people, but you're talking about people who are in desperate straits. Many of them with yeah. substance abuse problems. That's a public health issue and a public safety yeah. issue. And this it's not even a consideration to these activists. They've just decided that anything you do that that disrupts the lives of these folks at all in any way is is wrong. And, you know, as another thing, Alquist and and the progressives, they're all about labor, right? But I think we we see in this story, they're not really about workers. The workers coming over and going, you know, here's another guy uh, coming to take these things off. I'm going to have to find all the pieces. I'm going to have to go get another bolt. I'm going to have to, my whole day is going to be surrounded by getting this bench fixed because this guy's going to take it off. Alquis has no sympathy once you once you disagree with progressives no matter who you are and I guess you, I guess Regensburg is getting a taste of this too once you disagree with them no matter who you are you are the enemy you're you're part of the man you're the one yeah. trying to come into a press and I think and you'll be mocked you'll be destroyed and, and undermined you'll get your face on their social media and that that's a, should be a lesson for 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 workers in rhode island as as they watch their labor unions become basically progressive activist organizations is you'll have no help when when it comes to this you'll be the enemy and i think that, so those that's to me it, it's a kind of a small silly story but it does kind of show the in encapsulates the the silliness of progressivism not only do, are they not really helping the people they claim to help not only are they making our society worse and it puts a, in a Policies they, they promote, but the people they say claim they support, they'll attack like the worker, working people. And so I think that kudos to to for for making it so clear. Unfortunately, I don't think many people will if they if they watch it. I don't think many people will pick up on that message.
0: Folks, again, our segment is politics this week. He is Justin Cass, managing editor at Inkarising Just an excellent job as always, and we'll talk to you again.
1: Thank you, John. I'll talk to you soon.
0: This portion of the program is brought to you by The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're going to love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food and also the great staff. I'll see you at The Lodge Pub and Eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln make sure to find the john DePetro show facebook page and you can watch all the action on the scene live stream follow it all real time live stream just follow john dipetro show right there on the facebook page You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. All right, I want to play. This is Governor uh, McKee, the governor of Rhode Island, on Channel 10, 10 News Conference. And this is the part where Gene Velocenti asks him about the scandal with his lieutenant governor. Sabina Matos
2: that opportunity to do it if they choose to do that now let's talk about Sabina Matos governor the Board of Elections is going to take a look at every one of her signatures is that enough any uh, fraudulent behavior that has to do with
3: our with our elections is really troubling I've said that the biggest thing for me on this issue is that the Board of Elections has certified each and every one of those candidates to be on the ballot they have confirmed through the process that they've used for years and years and years and if they want to change that process then do it. And the Secretary of State's interest in it. But every person who's on the ballot in that special election has been confirmed by the board of elections
2: as being a qualified candidate. Well, Governor, if we have dead people showing up mm-hmm. and you have East Providence City Councilmen who say, I never signed it, then yeah. clearly the, the system doesn't work. Right. It ought to be changed. Why don't you demand that? Well, uh, we're, we're talking to the Secretary of State for,
3: for his, you know, his um, thoughts on it. Yeah. But also remember that the system did work
2: because you can be able to say that. She's using the same people you used. Her campaign manager was your your campaign manager. The people who went out and gathered these uh, signatures, they worked for you. You know, your old friend, Ashley Kalis, uh, call, called it on the radio. Is she still around? She's still around. Come and, she, on. and she says, "I'm in. I'm in." I thought Pro she was long gone. By no, now. no, no. She made she made time to call on the radio, and she said, "It's it's a it's, there's more here. That it's the same people, and we ought to look closely. Let's listen to what she said, and then you can react. I know. Before we do that, you beat her. Uh, She's your old Republican opponent. Let's listen to Ashley. This is McKee's political
0: operation, and people need to be clear on that. These are the same people that work for McKee, so it's not me just linking them because I can. It's because it's the same people." It's not that hard. You don't need to cheat in order to get on the ballot. It's not fair, it's embarrassing, and it's completely unnecessary.
2: Now, what if the governor says, it's got nothing to do with me. Nobody's questioning my signatures. What would you say? We haven't looked back at the signatures. Was Holly involved? I don't know. You know, Sabina, your lieutenant governor says, I'm a victim of the vendor. (laughs) Ashley says, no, there's more. You're all together in this. first of all, the people have
3: seen that act before, the Kalis Act. They dismissed it completely. I think they'll dismiss any comment that she says just made. As far as Sabina and I, we still work together. I'm not taking a, a position in this campaign. There's too many people in this campaign that I work with that I think it's uh, important to uh, you know, support the person that comes out of the primary.
2: Have you spoken to her? How did you say, Sabina, this is making us all look
3: bad? We've had a conversation about this issue. That ballot has already been confirmed. The issues that have to do with the, any fraudulent behavior, it is being handled uh, properly by the attorney general by the Board of Elections at this point in time. And whatever surfaces there, I think that uh, you know, this, I, I see subpoenas and hold people accountable. Everybody that's on that ballot is qualified by the Board of Elections. The voters are going to determine who they support. And I think this is a distraction at this point in time. Let the Attorney General do his work and let the uh, Board of Elections do their work and let the Secretary of State really analyze this to find ways that he can improve the system. After this break, more from the government.
0: You know what's interesting about that is um the fact that with Governor McKee, there's no accountability that Lieutenant Governor Matos hired those individuals. Now again, I'm also not gonna play Monday morning quarterback. It's it's Gene has the interview. I, I think it's also interesting they now edit 10 news conference. So you used to just when I was playing Newsmakers, it's unedited, boom, just goes. Um it's a different type of production, but they're maybe they feel it just makes it quicker but it's edited but i'm also he didn't ask and again everyone does their own type of program but that holly mclaren what what exactly did she do for the campaign i know he may come out with a certain answer i'd be curious about his answer on that and then more importantly i'd be curious as to the fact that holly mclaren says that she did nothing wrong and who are these other people it also should be noted that gene played the sound of ashley kalis but we we are the republicans at the state house as i've been saying um how come they're not speaking out more how come they have to go back to ashley kalis who lost to him pretty convincingly last fall and I think it's a good thing if Ashley Kalis continues to investigate Governor McKee with the signatures, more importantly, what that woman Holly did. Um, I think that's all a positive. Folks, You're, I think so. I'd be very curious to see that. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Limitless Outdoors. Why do they call it Limitless Outdoors R.I.? Well, because it's limitless what they could do for your home, for your property. Call today for a free quote. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Remember their slogan, dream, build, enjoy. It starts with a discussion how you'd like to use your outdoor space. They can design your outdoor space to fit your aesthetics and lifestyle. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps, outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls lawn installation excavation limitless outdoors they can also up, update your indoor fireplace call today free consultation free quote 401-580-1852 you can also find them on facebook and then their website is limitlessoutdoorsri.com how about an outdoor kitchen call them today limitless outdoors 401-580-1852 Remember to log on to dePetro.com. We have original stories, original videos, also links to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Plus, you can get some great merchandise in the shop. Log on, dePetro.com.